Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. If you're joining us online, a massive welcome to you. We're so grateful that you'd be watching here today with us. On behalf of our senior pastors, Pastor Byron and Anne, Pastor Byron's down at our Gilston location this morning preaching a great word, I'm sure. Um, but on behalf of Pastor Byron and Anne, a massive welcome if you're new, if you're visiting, or if you're family, welcome back. And um, I'm excited for the word of God today, are we? Excited? I just want to apologize for my voice. I'm not sick. Um, I just have been at Tribal Wars on Friday night for youth, and Tribal Wars is our big, we do chants and stuff, and my voice is still recovering from Friday night. So if I struggle a bit, you'll understand why uh, I'm just passionate when it comes to Tribal Wars at youth, and uh, my voice suffers for it consistently. Um, but my name is Daniel, if you don't know me, I'm part of the team here at Highway, and I'm so excited to be bringing the word, and can I just ask in this moment, can we just... Um, get ready for what God wants to speak to us about today. It may not be directly in my message, but God speaks so clearly through His Word. And if you listen for anything, just listen for the Holy Spirit's direction in your life this morning. If you can't listen to me speak, if you can't listen, if you don't have that grave attention span, that's fine. But just keep your eyes and your ears ready to hear the things that God wants to speak to you about today. 2 Timothy 1.7, we know this verse, and you can put it up on the screen for me, that would be brilliant. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. God has not given us a spirit of what? God has not given us at home, I know you're watching. God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. But of power, love, and self-discipline. I was thinking about this during the week, I was thinking, what do we do? When all of our fears come to the surface, what do we do in those moments when all of our worst fears are on the horizon of our life? Like you can see them coming, the things that you've been thinking about maybe in years by, gone by and you've thought about those fears and you've analyzed them and then suddenly there's a moment in your life where you start to see some of those fears look like they're going to come into your life. What do you do in those moments. Jordan Peterson, a clinical psychologist, talks about this order and chaos tension that we have in our life. And I like this idea of order and chaos. He talks about how as humans, we, we live in this fine tension where at any moment we can have order. And that's peaceful. Like when you have order, your life is in peace. Parents, you know when your house is in order and the kids haven't gotten to it yet? That's, that's peace. That's low anxiety, that's low stress, that means everything is going right. And in our lives, when there's order with our family, when there's order with our finances, when there's order with our relationships, there's peace and there's, there's, it's a great time, it's a great season. But there's also a tension of chaos, where at any moment of any time of the day, that can slip from order to chaos in a moment. You can have complete order in your life, peace in your life, and then in one phone call, have complete chaos. Two seconds the difference, but complete chaos one second or order the next. And so often it's up and down and we feel like we're on this merry-go-round or this cycle of life where we're between chaos and order. But despite if we're in chaos and order, our mandate as Christians is to carry a spirit that is faith-filled and not fear-filled. Despite... What the phone call says, 
As Christians, yes, there's worry. Yes, there's doubts. Yes, there's things. There's emotions in those moments where you slip from order to chaos. And we don't get to choose. Who knows that? Sometimes you have no relevance on whether your life slips from order to chaos. It's not on you. It just is, it happens and it's called life. But we are called to be people who are not fear-filled, but faith-filled in all seasons. God has not given, I really feel to remind some people today that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and self-discipline. Some other translations say a sound mind. And I believe there are some things that have been attacking your conscience, attacking the church's conscience around anxieties and stresses and what's happening in the future. And we can get pessimistic, but God has called us to be a church who are fearless. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know what happens when we carry a spirit of fear, church? We get timid. A timid church is a useless church. A church that is timid is a church that is powerless. A church that is timid is a church that lacks self-discipline. A church that is timid is a church that lacks love. Because love has no bounds. Fear has no, fear has no bounds over your life. And if we're to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we have to live and breathe from this perspective of choosing faith, over fear. When I was younger, and I've told this story maybe once, I think I've told it at youth too, but I was terrified of heights. Absolutely terrified. Heights are still to this day. I'm not gonna, a couple months ago, I went swimming at a waterhole and I climbed this huge rock, okay? And I thought, I'm gonna, you know, challenge my height. Like I always try to challenge myself. And Poppy was there and she still pays me out about it. But I climbed this huge rock and I'm like rock climbing up this rock and at the bottom of this rock was like this little um, inlet where, the water, where water was. And I got to the top of this rock and I realized I was too scared to climb back down this rock. And so I'm up there and I'm standing up there on this rock and this moment came through where I'm like, I've got no way of getting down. I'm too ter- I've got Poppy's whole family there. They're watching me from the sidelines, like cheering, just jump down, come down or jump. And I'm like, oh, like... And this is only a few months ago. It's fresh. Still going. Don't judge me for it. But anyway, and I'm standing on the edge and I'm like, I've got to jump. But I literally stood there for about 10 minutes. And I'm going, what if there's something below the water? What if I don't? Even though people had jumped in before me, I was still so scared and so fearful because I wouldn't step out knowing that there was nothing there. All my mind was playing games on me. I'm starting to thinking, what if there's a boulder there? Even though people had like dived to make sure that there was nothing there. And I'm terrified. And I remember I had the choice to make. Do I jump or do I just stay where I am? Do I jump? Or do I stay where I am? I had another circumstance when I was younger, exact same circumstance. Guess what? I ended up jumping, which was great. After getting paid out and after them getting on film and after them posting it everywhere. Anyway, I jumped in. It was great. Another circumstance. I was younger again. This is the exact same thing, just 20 years earlier. <laughs> but I'm standing there and I'm again at this ledge. I don't know why I do this to myself. I'm at this ledge. I'm about five. And people are jumping into this water from this water park. I'm about three meters above, nothing, nothing drastic. And I remember I'm holding up the whole line because I wouldn't jump in. And this is the fact of the matter. If we are not people who confront our fears, it will hold back generations that are going behind us. 
if we're not a church, if we're not parents, if we're not husbands and wives, if we're not teenagers who are willing to confront our fear, it will hold the church back in the generations to come. We will be holding people back who would otherwise jump into the faith that they're meant to if we're not willing to confront some fears in our world today. Today's message is titled, Running for Your Life. Why? Because I think we find ourselves sometimes running around trying to escape these fears, trying to get around these circumstances. We come up to one problem, we run from that problem. We come up to this fear, we run from that fear. But God has called us to proceed and not recede. God has called us to progress and not retreat. I don't know what reports you've been listening to this week, church, but I'm willing to bet it's not been great. I don't know what report, I don't know if you've been to the hospital and you've gotten a scary diagnosis. Not great. I don't know if you've been watching the news and about the wars going on and there's something creeping into your heart, something creeping into your mind where you start to go, what's going to happen? God, how's this going to play out? And, and, and that fear starts to creep in. I don't know if you've been told that you won't have a job next month and suddenly that fear, that anxiety, that stress starts to creep in. But what I do know is that despite the circumstances, it is pivotal that we confront the fear in faith. God has not given us a spirit of what? God has not given you a spirit of? But of love, power and a sound mind. What is the cost of inaction if you allow the fear that currently in your life, and the reality is every single person in this room, including myself, have fears today, not yesterday, not last week, but today, because we woke up today, we have fears today that we need to confront in the presence of God. And what is the cost of inaction for your generations if we, if we won't deal with the fear that's in our world? What is the cost if we remain fearful fearful in our life? I don't know, but have you ever had those weird moments in your family where, like, my mum used to always bring us into the living room whenever it stormed or hailed, and I'd be like, why are we in the living room, mum? Like, it's just a storm. And she'd be like, oh, my mum was really terrified of storms, and so she brought us into the living room, and this is just what we did. And we were in a cycle of fear. And how often do we do that? in our lives where we just do something because it's the fear cycle from generations gone by and really there's nothing to do with it. It's just we're doing it out of repetition because we haven't addressed that fear that is in a cycle of our life. I want to declare over our life that sickness has no hold over you today. I want to declare over your life whether the diagnosis looks great or doesn't look great that the fear of sickness has no hold over your life. I want to declare over you that the fear of the future has no hold over your life today. That the fear of finances if you're at home has no hold over your life. The fear of failure. Come on. The fear of some of us have failed in some instances and we will not step back into that thing because it failed once. But I'm declaring today that the fear of failure will not hold you back any longer. The fear of relationships will not hold you back any longer. Even the fear of your past experiences in Jesus' name will not hold you back. Why? Because we know a love that casts out fear. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear, no fear in love, but perfect love 
drives out fear. But perfect love. Let that scripture sit on your heart for a second today. But let's not that let let's not just let that scripture be heard. Let it be felt within you that the perfect love casts out all fear. 1 John 4:16. God is love. I know perfect love because I'm in relationship with God. And because I'm in relationship with God, I know that His love is driving out fear. Consistently, daily, every moment, His love is driving out fear. And if I feel fear creep in, I need to get into His presence and allow His love to do what only it can do. It's time to stop retreating and start progressing in faith. We're about to read the story, and we're about to pick up in a story called of Jehoshaphat. He was a king in around 870 BC. And this king, he had just come from a battle, and he's, he almost got killed. He was on the edge of death. He gets brought back. There's a time of peace. And what happens in this moment, in this time of peace, is he gets war waged against him. Who knows that there's some fears that spring up. If you're a king, he's 35 years old, fairly young. He's, you know, at this time where Israel is divided into a northern kingdom, a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was named Israel. The southern kingdom was named Judah. He's the king of the southern kingdom, the weak kingdom. And there's this moment where all these kings are waging war against him. And he has a decision to make. Do I run or do I stand? Do I confront my fear? Do I confront my fear or do I stand in faith? We're going to pick up the story in 2 Chronicles 21 to 4. And if you can turn there now, that would be brilliant. It says, After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Meonites, they were the, the Meonites were the most selfish people in the Bible, came to, I'm joking, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, listen to this, a vast army is coming against you from Edom and from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazon, Tamar. Alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. I like that. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. If you're tired of running from one fear to the next fear to the next fear, then we need to learn to stop listening to some people, church. Point number one from verse two is some people came and told Jehoshaphat that the enemy was coming against you. The best thing we can do if we have anxiety levels, if we have stress levels that are maxing out, if we have fears that are creeping in, is to stop listening to some people. Simple. I know it sounds simple, but it's really hard. Stop listening to some people. Our lives are either being led by the, the, by the tone of faith or by the tone of fear. You are now currently outworking your life out of the voices of faith in your life or out of the voices of fear in your life. The world, guess what, is full of some people. The world is, have you heard what some people are saying? Have you heard what the media are saying? 
Have you heard the current statistics and facts and figures? Have you heard what economists are saying about the global economy? Have you heard what that person's saying about you? Some people don't have the right, in fact, most people don't have the right to speak into your life. They can speak, but you don't have to listen, church. They can speak as loud as they want, but you don't have to listen. Most people will tell you from their earthly perspective what's occurring in your world, around your life, but you don't need the voice of fear. You need a voice of faith. That's where a good friend comes in and they say, hey, I know you're going through this, but you lift your eyes, get your perspective up. God is still for you. He is not against you. They're the type of friend who will sit with you, not say a word, but you still feel the faith remanating off of their life and into your life. You see, fear sells, and fear sells easily. It's like when it comes to media. There used to be like a a new cycle where it wasn't 24-7. I know it's even hard to think back to those days, but you might remember them. I don't, but I learned, I obviously studied media and journalism. So there was a day when you got the newspaper, wasn't it? Where you had to go get the newspaper to read the news. There was a day when the only news you could watch was the news that was on, 6 p.m., and you watched it, that was the news for the day. There wasn't a day where you could Google news, where you could be on Facebook and see news popping up. Now we live in a cycle of media where it's 24-7 fear. 24-7, and because no, the good news doesn't sell. They don't know how to preach it like the church. <laughs> they don't know how to, the, best, the, the good news that we have, we've got to start living through it because it's different from the news that the world brings. There's a saying by Carl Barth, he says, keep the Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. I don't quite agree with that saying anymore because we've got enough news, church. The reality is you don't need a newspaper to get it. You just need to live, breathe, stick around for long enough. You'll hear it, the fear, the news, the cycles going through 24-7. If anything, we need both hands on our Bibles reading the Word of God and letting the good news infiltrate the bad news that we're hearing. Some people you need to stop listening to. Some family members you need to stop listening to. Some friends we need to stop listening to. Some colleagues we need to stop listening to. We can hear them, but we don't act on it. In today's world, we need God more than ever. See, we've got enough information to last us a lifetime. We need impartation, church. You don't need any more facts. You'll get fed that throughout your day. You don't need any more figures. You don't need any more hearsay. You don't need any more people saying this and saying that. What we need is impartation of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do, everything you do flows from it. Above all else. During this past season, I've been asking myself the question, Dan, how are you guarding your heart intentionally? And I would ask that question of how have you in the past season that we've been walking through been guarding your heart? Because it's easy to allow fear to take place in your heart and everything you do from that place will be fear-driven. But how have you been guarding your heart intentionally? How have you been positioning voices that you trust that will develop faith in you, in your world? How have you been doing that in the past season? See, I went to Kmart. I go to Kmart a lot. I'm a youth pastor. 
and I get the most random shopping list from Kmart. Hey, like I'm not joking. People look at me like I'm crazy when I go to Kmart. When I go to Kmart, I'll be there with my trolley. And Jesse was, you know, he, he went with me last year to Kmart a lot. And we buy the most random things. I'll buy like 100 liters of dishwashing liquid from Kmart. I'll go buy, you know, stockings from Kmart for a youth game that we're doing. I'll go buy basketballs and I'll go buy ping pong balls and I'll go buy more ping pong balls and I'll go buy more ping pong balls and I'll go buy more ping pong balls and then I might buy some ping pong bats and then I'll go back and buy more ping pong balls and I'll be shopping and I remember the feeling people looking at me like, what are you doing, bro? I got this trolley filled with gear. I'll go to the checkout. And of course, no one's serving anymore because it's all computerized. And, and I'm there, I'm struggling to put the bags in with all these ping pong balls and basketballs and dishwashing liquids and everything. And I'll be filling the bags. And I get to the, and remember, I'll put the receipt in my pocket and I'll walk out. And then I remember, oh, I've got to, now my hands are filled with bags. I've got to get the receipt out for the absolutely, for the terrible security guard at the front of Kmart. Like, let's be honest, can we just take a moment right now to get real honest? Kmart security is not there to stop you from doing anything that you don't want to do. Kmart security is just there to look good. Come on down. Like, literally you're there with your trolley. You just get any random receipt out of your pocket, your wallet, whatever you want, and you just show them the, the receipt. Yeah, come on through. Come on through. Doesn't matter what you have, just come on through. Doesn't matter, you know, you could be walking out with everything and they wouldn't care. Just like, come on through. I'm like, to Poppy, I'm like, I wonder what, you know, what you could walk past and just wonder what, they wouldn't check it. They would just be like, come on through. They could just, but then there's airport security. What have you got? You look suspicious, come here. Check, check his bags, check, like, pull the bags out. Remember one time I was walking through India? Now, India, I love India, but they, they worship cows, you know? And so cows are just roaming free. I remember my first time in India, I, I decided it was a great idea to bring a, a kilo of biltong with me. <laughs> Awkward. Dried out, God, cow, in my bag. I remember we landed, and I'm like, in this moment, I'm like, I hope they don't check. I felt like I had drugs. I felt like if they were saying, whose bag is this? I was like, I don't have that bag. It's not my bag. But I remember this moment because they check all the bags and I'm walking through and I felt like I was carrying something that they were going to find. Because airport security is good security. They've got intention. They're guarding that place. They're guarding the border. But can I just ask this? Is your heart security more like Kmart than it is at the airport? Like, is your, is your heart security more just like, come on through fear? Come on through troubles, anxieties, come on through. And those things are real. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying, but what do you do with them? What do you do with fear? Do you bring it to God and go, hey God, what are we gonna do with this? What do you do with anxieties? Because they're real, they're, they're, they're real things. God, what, what can, you, can you help me with this? Or do we just allow them to come in, take precedence in our life and let everything we do flow from it? See, we've got to be intentional with guarding our hearts. We've got to let the right people speak into our world so the right things can flow through our life. Amen? Point number two, if you're tired of running, fear running your life, you need to learn to inquire of the Lord. Verse three says, Alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. I love that Jehoshaphat's first option was to inquire of God. 
I love that his first option, you know, like he's alarmed. He's obviously worried. He's got all these fears coming through. If I can have the band back, but he's inquiring of God. I love that it says he resolved. Resolves to decide firmly on a course of action. Church, this is why we have convictions. So that when fears come and troubles come and circumstances come, we have resolved to serve God. We have resolved to be in relationship with Him so that when those things come, we know what to do. We've resolved to protect our hearts. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 12. This is what Jehoshaphat says, and I love this part. It's like humility. It says, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do. Can I say this? There will be moments when you have, feel like you have no power against things that have come against your family and your life. And you have to stand before God in those moments, not fake it till you make it, but go, God, I feel like I have no power. I have nothing I can do. I have nothing I can do to face this thing that is attacking me. But my eyes, listen to this, we, know, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's resolve. But our, I don't know what to do, but my eyes, my attention, my worship God is on you. You see, he didn't go back I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but there's moments where strategy won't help you. And you know that. There's been moments where you couldn't have planned things, you couldn't have planned it, you couldn't have strategized around it, it just happened. And there's moments where the strategy will not help you, but in those moments, you need to come to God, say, God, I have nothing that I can do, but my eyes are on you anyway. I'll inquire of you anyways. 2 Chronicles 7, 4. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Will we humble ourselves in those moments? Because there's a moment where you have to go, hey, things are happening, just act as if nothing's happened. Or things are happening, God, I need you. God, I need your inspiration in this moment. I need, I need to be in the presence. I need the right voices, God. I need hope, God. I need to humble myself in this moment and pray. And that's one thing I think this generation can learn is to humble themselves and pray. All generations, like we can never get to that place where we can humble ourselves enough to get into the presence of God and honor Him first. Why is God so often the last option when He should be the first option? Notice Jehoshaphat didn't go to the other kings of the land trying to make allies. He didn't go to, to the different people, get their input and say, you know, what are we going to do here? He just said, no, no, I need to go. I'm alarmed and I'm going to inquire of the Lord. There are some things this morning at the end of this message that I want you just to take and go inquire of the Lord as we worship in the moment. Just say, God, there's some things that I'm alarmed about. There's some fears I don't know what to do with, but I'm just going to inquire of you right now. And God will speak to you. God will direct you. God will move through you. The third point, if we want to stop running from fear, we need to direct our awe and wonder toward God and not to the circumstance. When we direct our awe and wonder to the problems and to the fears and to the things that are coming against us, we start to worship those things because our worship is our attention. But when we reserve the awe and wonder for what God is doing in our world, like if the problem's that bad and you can think about how many times that problem can affect your life, but we can't think about God, how small is God? 
But when we get to the point where we go, okay, God, that problem's big, but you're bigger. The problem seems like it's got its own momentum right now, but your hand is on my life. Protect the awe and wonder that you've allowed. The creativity of your mind should not be to create obstacles of the fears that are coming into your world. It should be to go, God, how are you gonna work in this moment? You see, we suffer most often in our imaginations more than in our reality. And you know that. Sometimes things happen, but we often suffer more in our imaginations than we do in our reality because we direct the awe and wonder towards the fears that surround us rather than to the one who is faithful and that protects us. Says that Jehoshaphat pulls the people together, he gives them this pep talk and then they begin. He says the game plan is we're gonna send worshipers out who are gonna sing and we're just gonna trust God. God's given us this land. He's, they're not, it's God's promised land. They're not taking that. We know that God is for us, not against us. So he said, we're gonna send worshipers out and then I just believe God's gonna work something here because I have nothing. He says to the people, I have nothing. I've, this, is God's, um, vic, this is God's fight. This is God's battle. And it says in verse 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. He set ambushes against them as they started to sing and praise. The enemy was being attacked and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men of Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they had finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came, to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. See, something powerful happens when we get the awe and wonder toward God. We can worship in any situation. We can worship in any situation. Worship is our weapon, church. Worship is a weapon that you can utilize. Worship is a weapon that God wants you to utilize in all seasons. Something happens when you learn to worship with God through every circumstance. They were in a bad circumstance and yet they began to sing and praise God. And as they began to sing and praise, this is what the Bible says, the Lord set ambushes. Do not undermine the power of your worship in every season, the power of your attention in every season, because when you place God at the head, you are never left wanting. As we stand up to our feet, I just want you to grab that communion emblem next to you. You can stand to your feet. We're about to quickly worship. You see, the reason we take communion is to remember the blood that was poured out for us and the body that was broken by Jesus. And as we take communion this morning, I just want to remind some people that when we look at this communion emblem, it's more than just something we do out of religion. It's out of relationship. Because when we look at this communion, if you're at home, you can take it with us too, we remember that fear has no hold on what I'm walking through. This, the facts have no hold on what I'm walking through. Because the communion message is that Jesus was dead and people would have been, some people would have been saying, you know, you followed this man for no reason, you did this. He did all these miracles, yet he wasn't the son of God who he proclaimed to be. Some people were saying that, but I tell you what, on the third day, you know what Jesus did? He put the facts straight. He put the facts straight. I don't know what facts you face right now. I don't know what fears you have right now, but can I say, put your attention onto the 
communion message that says you can be dead one day and risen to life on the next day. You can be hopeless on one day and hope-filled the next day. You can be fear-filled one day and faith-filled the next day because of the power that rests in the blood of Jesus. Fear has no hold on us when we remember the cross. And as we start to sing this song, as we start to sing this song, I just want to declare it for one, but I want us to take communion and really make sure that any fears that we have are given to God so that we can stop listening to some people, learn to inquire of the Lord and direct the awe and wonder of our life toward Him who is able. So we're gonna sing a song and as we do, can we take communion this morning? Can we direct some fears this morning? And can we set our attention on Him? Let's sing. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.